Hello, and welcome again to the Black Techies podcast, courtesy of the HBCU Digital Network. And we have a pretty, um, we have a pretty informal show today. Um, obviously, the news that we had earlier in the week, you know, Apple had their big drop of, you know, their new line of, of super expensive and addictive quality products uh, for folks to, to get. Um, uh, Sony had their state of play, but there are a lot of other things that are going on um, in the world that have a lot to do with technology and how, uh, you know, those events and technology intersect. But uh, for the sake of um, continuity for our show, we're going to start with the obvious stuff, which is uh, Sony and, and, you know, their attempts to get in your pockets. So, gang, what do you guys, uh, what do you guys think about uh, what's happened this week with Sony? So I, I will admit, I didn't, I saw, like, so, okay, I saw some, I didn't see the actual state of play, but I did see the trailers that came out afterwards. And I, I the three games that I'm still really, really excited for or Ghostwire Tokyo, uh, or is it? Uh, I just saw it. Um, Forspoken. There you go. Forspoken, and Teenage, <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the the Kawabunga collection. I think it's like all the games in like one or something like that. I need to look at it again. But uh, so they so they actually have have like a full like eighteen minute playthrough of a Ghostwire, and that game looks very interesting because it it's it almost seems like. Uh, like if you had like Doctor Strange, but like he was Japanese, <laughs> that's what it seems like. Uh, and it almost and it also also has kind of Bioshock vibes, like so like Bioshock maybe. Uh, that's what it really reminds me of Bioshock, uh, like a Japanese Bioshock. <laughs> but yeah, those, those are the ones. <laughs> it, it like if you see the gameplay, you'd be like, "Yep, that's Japanese Bioshock," <laughs> but in, in a good way though, in a good way. That's an interesting. That's an interesting comparison. Is uh, there Japanese a bad Bioshock. way to be like Bioshock? I mean, that's one of the greatest uh, IPs of all time. I know. I mean, if you, if you, I mean, maybe some people might not like the ambiance of Bioshock. I don't know. <laughs> but, I, it's too scary for me. You know. I mean, I mean, it's not really a horror game though. It's more of a thriller. It's not. It's that's. It's not a scary game. It's kind of it, apocalyptic it, like, to me. It's, it's, <laughs> I, I don't do well with with uh, with uh, unknown enemies. Like I don't know. Like I couldn't play Dead Space. I couldn't play uh, Bio. I've, I've gotten most of the way through Bioshock. It's just like the the random like crackheads that just pop up on you. <laughs> the splicers. Like, I think it's called splicers. Right? Splicers. That's it. That's the right call. <laughs> I just like heads, it. Bro. anything anytime <laughs> I'm just, like I, it, it makes you scared to open the door. I'm walking through the thing with my, uh, uh, and I'm like, man, I know it's gonna be some mess behind this door, man. And big daddies are, are always scared. It just it was a great game. The great the they did a great job with like making me feel immersed, but it was too much. I I couldn't I I get too immersed in that. So there so there's this scene on uh, uh on Bioshock Infinite the the last one. And we're like you're you're uh you have to go to some computer and you have to like deactivate something. I, I forgot what you had to do. But like once you're done, like when you turn around to do when you turn around to 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 do the next part of the mission, there's like an enemy right there. It's like right there in front of your face when you turn around. Like this is a legit jump scare. Though. I would give you that one. That one was a legit jump scare. I was like, oh okay, I didn't I didn't see you there. <laughs> I'm waiting for the um 
Ninja Turtle game. I mean, the Kawabunga collection. I went on the new JoJo game. Oh, Giga yeah. Bash. Those are the three I'm waiting on. Well, as we all know, I am not a PlayStation uh, aficionado. <laughs> Since you guys told me last week, and I'm, I was embarrassed to not know this, uh, I realized that I am a... I, I, I got it on like Game Power or whatever, the Sony to web, but... Um, I don't like PlayStation games, man. Like, <laughs> like I, I was playing God of War, and I was like, "Yo, this is what I was. I've been waiting. This was a this was a console seller." But I was like, oh. ah, "It's me." Like God of War? No, the, <laughs> I, I, was, I started with three. I started with God of War oh. three because they didn't have oh. two or one. So God of War three, I think, is a PS three game. Yeah, uh, yeah, PlayStation now is all PS three games and up. They don't now if they backdated it to PS two. I'll be happier with it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Well, I, I like didn't want to go back and but... play God of War 2, but it's fine. Like, I, I started, because I'm not, if, if the game, if there's a game before, I, I like to play games in order to the best of my ability. Like, if I'm oh, going to watch I mean, the show, okay. you know, I get so it, cause I, I had it, to, yeah. Yeah, I don't like missing inside jokes. I get it, because, like, if when you play God of War 2016, I mean, you can enjoy it without having played the previous games, but it makes certain events later in the game more impactful. When you, uh, if you played the previous games, yeah, uh, I but, played the first God of War. I did play the first God of War, but I didn't play the second one. I didn't play the third one, and I haven't played this new one with a uh, with a, a tray. Um, you you have to play the new one though. You gotta play the new one. That's, I like, man, I just, like the that's controls the one. are weird. Like it's like, I, and I, I know I'm. It's judging. not the same though. They they changed it in the okay. in the newer one. It's All a right. totally different system. Okay. I I will I will give it's, it another. It's a run. more mature, more grown up kind of God of War. It's not the. It's Angry. not like God of War One, where you're yeah. like banging up a whole bunch of prostitutes and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I didn't that. see much of that in, in three either. I didn't see much of that in three, but he's just a mad. He's just angry. Dude. I mean, I get it. He's the God of War or whatever, but like, I mean, people like, hey man, can we just? He be like, nah, man, I got to murder you, dog. Can we just can you can't like you good? You are you not good? He's like, no, I'm not good to all y'all dead and deuce. And so yeah, real quick before we go any further into our show format, I just want to give our new viewers on the HBCU Digital Network. Uh we are streaming live on the HBCU Digital Network. Um, we're gonna give ourselves you know some brief introductions here. Uh my name is Herbert Seward. I'm one of the hosts of the of the Black Tech Podcast. Um, I am a product of Alabama State University, a native Washingtonian, guy that loves barbecue and 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 black college athletics and everything else black colleges. Um, Dave Matthews, who is our founder and leader emeritus, uh, I'll let you uh, introduce yourself and your lofty credentials. Uh, I don't know about all that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, my name's David. Uh, yeah, me and these fine people, we started the Black Techies a couple of years ago. Uh, and it's amazing that it's gotten to this point where, where we've been able to partner with HBCU Digital. Uh, I am a product of both Tennessee State University and North Carolina A&T State University. Uh, and uh, if I do get my PhD, I'm, I'm looking at Howard, so we'll see. But um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, I uh, live in the DC area, doing the IT thing. Uh, <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, you prop 
Yes, for the Uncle Sam, as most people in this area. You either work for Uncle Sam or you work for someone who works for who works for Uncle Sam. That's how it works in this area. If you're not working for Uncle Sam, what are you doing here? But <laughs> but uh I mean, y'all got y'all got KFCs and and Taco Bells too. <laughs> True. You gotta support the no, I'm just Yeah, well, you're but, right. You're working for people who work for Uncle Sam in that case. <laughs> right. Uh but yeah, that's that's me. <laughs> I am Leslie Moore. I am in Shreveport, Louisiana. I'm also in IT. I am a proud Southern University and A&M College Jaguar. Yeah, I'm gonna say the whole thing because every time somebody says Southern, Southern what? No, the Southern University. <laughs> I also run my own business called Get Rec Tech Support. I'm also a Twitch streamer, Get Rec 2020. And I am one of the newer members of the Black Techies podcast. I came on in what, 2021 or 2020? I went from a guest to an actual yeah. member of the group. Yeah, she that aced the on, still she, there. She the aced the episode there. interview. <laughs> oh, and I'm also a proud founding member of the Parthenon of Gamers. We're a gaming community ran by four very proud Black women. I'm a part oh, of that. I think it has yeah. to be said that. Doesn't Southern, isn't Southern the only HBCU with its own university system? Yes, indeed. Had this to point true. that out for them. Yes, we. Yes, indeed. New Orleans, <laughs> uh, Shreveport, Bossier. I think. Well, of course, the flagship in BR. I think we still have Alexandria, but I'm not sure. I don't want to misquote. Word. Well, I'm Dominique. Uh, you see me here on the screen as Blackity Black Man. That's who I'm is. That's who I'm is. Uh, I am uh, 37. I'm in IT sales. Uh, I. Um, I'm a product of Tennessee State, the Tennessee State, the TSU, you know, the I love, uh, go go Kratz, you know what I'm saying, go Tigers, the real Tigers, er. uh, so, um, you know, uh, I'm a father, I'm a tech enthusiast, I'm an avid gamer, uh, holler at me on um, on League of Legends most days, but I, I really play everything, it's, it's staggering the number of games that I play and I'm still somehow able to manage a social life and be a father of these children who they just I just put them over in the corner with iPads but um anyway that's me uh I've been a techie since the beginning so and I would be remiss to not mention um other members of our collective uh we have Miss Ebony Burroughs who's another one of our newer members um You'll be seeing her occasionally on rotations. Uh, she is a graduate of North Carolina Anti State University. Um, Roberto Joseph, who is uh, eclectic beyond his years, he is a product of Morehouse University, Morehouse College, rather, excuse me. And Marcus Shute Jr., who is um, extremely uh, well versed, and he's one. Of, he's like our in-house legal counsel for technology. Um, he is also a product of Tennessee State University. So uh, going forward, when you see us in episodes, you'll be seeing various rotations of the techies. Uh, you know, it can, it could change pretty much every episode. That's kind of what keeps it, it keeps our, you know, our rapport pretty interesting. Um, now that those introductions are out of the way, we get back to the show topic. <laughs> so, um, like I said, there's been a lot of stuff that's been going on. The Sony and, and the, the Sony and the Apple 
uh, drops that happened this week were pretty big. Um, you know, I think the one thing that happened, you know, that I really that really caught my eye about in regards to the until the, you know the Apple presentation was um, just what they did with the app with the with the new studio desktop um, and some of the specs and the pricing that came along with it. Um, obviously, you know, I'm a I'm a Windows guy, but I, I got to say that the that the M1 Studio is kind of sexy, you know. <laughs> In terms of actually uh, having a, a small form factor, you know, desktop type of deal for Apple that can really do the things that they do, um, I'm not too fond of the price tag. Never really have been fond of Apple's price tags. You know, I'm not willing to give up my ten year old daughter to get a studio, but you know, um, you know, I, mean, I can do see you really want it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, one, yeah, you have one. You have to be willing to switch over to the to Mac OS. Yeah, so the... I mean, I, I'll say if if you are willing, I think now I I don't know about the studio display. I don't know if that's necessarily worth this asking price. But the Mac Studio, I think, I think there's there's a compelling argument to to uh, for its asking price. So, so it starts off at 2000, which sounds which is a lot. It's not it's not cheap, but if you try to build a PC that's around the same specs or tries to, you know, it, that that's around uh that tries to match what Apple is 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 doing with their with their uh M1 Max chip in that form factor. Man, this is a small form factor uh thing, right? Uh you is you're going to be hitting the same price tag or more if you try to build a PC that's the same thing. Right, uh, and even then, you still won't get the same kind of uh, integration that Apple gets with their, you know, with their uh, vertical integration with their software and hardware. So I think this is less of a, it's less of a of a burden. Like instead of paying an arm arm and a leg, you know, now it's just an arm, <laughs> right? <laughs> so it's not it's not quite the. Uh, I don't at least I think it's fair. Like when you look at the specs, when you look at what it can do, when you see it compared to because um, they compared this to like the uh, NVIDIA RTX 3090. That's the highest one you can get. Uh, you know, they compared this to, um, uh, it, it, I think they said, I think the M1 Ultra chip is beating AMD's Threadripper uh, CPU. That's that's the highest you can get. Unless, I think unless you get to the Epic or to the server grade ones. But yeah, Threadripper is the highest you can get and it's beating that. And, and so, Threadripper by itself, that CPU costs you four Gs. So Right. So I'm like, for all of that power and that little small space, I think it's worth it. If you're willing to go, you know, to Mac OS, that's the if caveat. If you are a content creator or yeah. a music producer, basically, if you make media in some way, sure. It's not a gaming PC. I no, would not buy don't it. Do that. Like, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't buy it to a Like, you don't need it if all you do is Microsoft Excel or whatever Apple's version of Microsoft Excel is. You need this thing. You can just use Excel. You can use Excel. Yeah, I, that's <laughs> I, I figured. Um, you don't have to use numbers. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's that's what I can't I can't remember because the other ones just like Word. What's the what's their Word counterpart? Pages. Yeah, pages. Yeah, yeah. It's so silly. Apple's so simple, and and but listen, that's the one. I everybody knows they they think they know me as a fanboy, Apple fanboy, and yes, I have the the well, I had the AirPods. I get got rid of the AirPods and got the Bose joints because I got tired of losing iPad Pros. Uh, but I got the I got the iPad Pro. I got the iPhone, you know, Pro, 
and that's it really uh I, when i had the airpods i had that and i like the apple ecosystem uh i i do agree that they charge a little bit more um the the what you're paying for is a premium you're paying for something that you know works apple does not put stuff out that does not work um so i get it it's a very niche product. I don't think we should be talking about it like it's not. It is a product that is for a specific kind of person. If you're in the market for a $2,000 PC and you're using it to edit video, edit audio, whatever, yes, this is probably what you should be buying. You should learn Mac OS and you should be in there because the, the power that you're getting out of $2,000, really, I mean, the M1 Ultra is $4,000, but even then, like, if you're somebody that believes in your, you know, believes in what you can make, believes in what you can put out. Um, if you make money from that, too. If you <laughs> make money, thing. exactly. If, if you make a, money from that, yeah. Exactly. You're going to make, you're going because what you don't realize is when you put a subpar PC uh, in, in, in the in the through the runs trying to edit video <laughs> yeah yeah you'll know it's a subpar pc like we, we're talking you're talking 45 minutes to just compile uh all the changes that you made to a video uh or put you know whatever the the the, the word is when the thing's done and it's and you just think see the thing circling it's just circling and you just gotta go get something to eat, come back. But that's money that you're losing, right? If your job is to edit video, you needed to do it in a in a reasonable amount of time. So. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that's always been um, a traditional appeal of you know the Apple ecosystem is that the nature of the ecosystem lends to um, being really good in terms of specialization, particularly for content creation, for web development, for you know, those endeavors where you got one specific task that you need your machine to perform, um, you know, that integration works like a champ, you know, for, for Apple products. There's, you know, there's really no getting around that. And as, as much of a Windows fan as I am, um, and particularly, you know, from, from the business and administrate, administrating sector of it, you know, working for the government, uh, or rather working uh, as a as a government um, provider for the government rather um, it's a you know for those particular you know types of endeavors it's it's perfect tool you know and I think that's the big appeal you know that Apple has to a lot of consumers is that you know it is simple it is very easy it's very user intuitive so um, that's something that they're always going to have um, a leg up on, you know, um, and it's just by the nature of their operate, of their environment, of their ecosystem. The walled garden. Right. You know, that's, that is quite literally the Death Star without the exhaust port. <laughs> you know, it it really about. is. I mean, it's great for, like, if you're doing a lot of processing, web development, software development, content creation it's perfect but at the same time it's not for the run of the mill i'm just getting started low end content creator that yeah that, right. that's that's it's not the one for you it looks beautiful it's shiny it's pretty but it's not for you it's it's right a bit if much. you if you want something like just for browsing the web homework stuff like that either if you want to like a desktop just get an imac <laughs> or 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 the regular or mac mini just mac get the regular or, yeah for yeah, that just get the mac mini <laughs> like, like that's like you know what? I want to hammer this nail into the wall. Let me go get this jackhammer real quick, and yeah. I'm gonna make this make this massive hole. For if it's if you're not at that point, 
don't try to kill yourself trying to get it. That's that's all I wanted to say. Agreed. It's a weird flex to have a, 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 a <laughs> this thing, this four thousand dollar PC, and like you're like, oh what? No, I just be on Instagram, like, huh? Like, <laughs> I got three followers on YouTube. Y'all gonna right. see these high quality videos. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I take speak. videos of ants outside my house, and uh, yeah, and I put it on YouTube. I, I, I talk like I'm the ants. It's, it's great content. Man, speaking of speaking of YouTube and and content creation video, I, I I'd be remiss, man. I actually caught myself uh, going through shorts on YouTube and TikTok earlier this week, and I I, I never thought I would say that <laughs> about how I would occupy my time, some of my time. Oh, but, they're good. Listen, right. the human brain is wired. The human brain is wired for this real short, interesting content, and the algorithm is perfection. TikTok's algorithm is perfection. Like, I could watch for anything. There's nothing else. I can watch 50 straight of something and never have to swipe out. Like, I never have. I'm never, I'm never watching a video like, no, thank you. Literally, I never do that. Except like 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 once every fifty five videos or so. What's Dude. funny if you think about it, TikTok is what Vine wanted to be so bad. Yes, yep. I mean I mean Vine is TikTok. Vine started it. It literally yeah. like without the idea of Vine, TikTok would not have known what they needed to fix and work upon to become what they are today. Without just Vine give them a little bit longer apart. than seven seconds. Just give them a yep. little longer than seven seconds. That's all. Yeah, I would. I mean, I definitely. You know, I couldn't really, I had to catch myself, man. Honestly, I was just like, wow, I'm looking at TikTok. TikTok will stop I'm, you I'm after, like, about a, after about after yeah. 45 minutes to an hour. TikTok will be like, hey, man, I know you like TikTok. You don't put your phone down, go for a walk or something. Like, <laughs> no, Bro. thank you, actually. Skip. <laughs> yeah, man. But it's, a, it's definitely, um, you know, it got me to thinking because, you know, the nature of that type of, content um content that's not really long that doesn't require a lot of focus um it seems to really be well it it has not seems to be it it has really dominated the market in terms of the type of content that consumers normally check out um even slipping in ads and stuff you know into that particular type of platform um is extremely effective because you don't have to put a lot into the ad. You don't have to put a lot of overtime overhead into it. Um, it's a really, you know, interesting thing to see, you know, uh, a 20, 20 or 15 second blurb for an ad pop up in a TikTok video or in a YouTube short, you know, um, it, it's, you know, I think we had a podcast a while ago um, that, really, you know, we really kind of covered, you know, the landscape of black creators in, in, you know, in media and content, you know, content creation, you know, on YouTube in particular, there's just YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, that, I mean, you just got so many things that are out there. You've got comedians making their own careers, whole careers, you know, just doing YouTube shorts and, and web series. You've got, um, you know, streams like this one, video podcasts, um, and the fact that we see more people of color, you know, doing this, you know, than ever before is, you know, it's a really, really positive thing to see. Um, 
that also kind of gets us into a segue to what we, you know, the nuts and bolts of what we're kind of trying to talk about tonight. Um, the 800 pound gorilla in the room that's going on in the world right now is the war in Ukraine. And uh, it's, there are a lot of things that came to mind as I've been watching news coverage of it. First, it's the first fully social media war that we've seen. Yeah. I mean, first, you know, completely encased 24 hour news cycle conflict that we've seen. Um, where, I mean, we're getting real time updates from the battlefield from CNN and the BBC and Reuters. Um, you know, social media posts about, you know, convoys getting attacked and all sorts of stuff. Um, it's also. You know, you know, no, okay, oh, go ahead. Right, you're going. So, no, yeah. so, you know, so I would say the one thing that, that's kind of defined the internet in recent years, maybe not recent, but maybe for a while now, is, is memes, right? You see me, you know, you see memes all the time. And so, like, I'm, I'm, I'm on Ukraine's official like the country of ukraine their official twitter page and like they just posted like a meme three hours ago so it's the one with spider-man with toby mcguire where he takes his glasses off and so like uh he take he when they're off you see like the uh the so the, the soviet union tanks and then when he puts them on they're like destroyed <laughs> and so yeah that's uh, crazy so like it's just interesting to see social media being like you said it, it's interesting to see how social media is being used to frame public By opinion. Right, right. Because mm -hmm. right, Russia's doing the same thing. They've been doing this for like years. <laughs> uh, 2016. But um, <laughs> we're not going to talk about that, though. But, um, no comment. No <laughs> but, comment. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, this it's just interesting how people it's not just like it's not just a traditional war i mean yeah they're using weapons and, and explosives and all that kind of stuff and guns but it's not just that anymore now it's like how can i sway public opinion to my side via the internet via social media it's just via memes at that like that's just crazy i think the craziest thing i saw was the first day of the attack i had a friend who had some friends that were in the ukraine they actually posted a video where you saw live bombing. This is stuff that the media in both countries used to be able to block out. If they tried to, anybody tried to show any kind of videos of what's really going on or what's happening, they would edit it and like, oh, don't worry about that. That's not happening. That's a hoax. Now you have people actually showing this stuff in real time and they can't hide this. You can't be like, well, that didn't happen. Well, this video from this person who's currently there shows it happened. You can't hide or whitewash or cover up anymore in the social media age you're actually going to see it as it happens and this is the first time it's ever going to happen and it's it's really going to shape out how things are going to end really yeah, yeah i i was uh i was listening to a, somebody this is somebody else's take it's not mine but uh his thought was it's interesting that like has war always been this chaotic or trash or is the social media showing us how bad like the, specifically he was looking at um if the 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 russian tankers that were pulled over and stopped on the on the side of the road he was like you never would have heard about that or saw that but now we know like tanks just be running out of gas out here and the dude was like hey you need us to give you a ride back to, to russia like these kind of little things it's just like um you know um 
that's that's a weird that's a weird thing that you never would have would have saw before and like like leslie was saying like you know you're gonna sometimes uh get to watch something that you that the, the news was very measured and the government has a, a lot to say about what we all see but now the that's being democratized just like with uh video cameras and police brutality uh you know white people thought we was playing until now they're now they're just like now they're just close now they're just like i know it's sad but i still like police so i'm just gonna you know but yeah before they were able to be like no police are great but now they can't say that with their mouths they just have to like you know look over there where police are being good so it's just just the 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 technology and social media and the the, the democratization of what we're the internet just basically removed gatekeepers um so once that happens then what you know we're, we're about to see more truth than we've ever seen before i don't know that what we're seeing is the actual truth like for instance the video i saw which made me like stop i, I was i'm not i'm not over here flying a ukrainian flag like i don't want them to be taken over i think russia's deplorable for what they're doing but then i saw them like turning the african student away talking about you can fight for ukraine well you can't get on that that train with ukrainian refugees and go home like nah um so if you're gonna treat people that look like me worse than you treating your people especially people that you know were visiting your country it should be imper it should be imperative on you to make your your men stay back before you let refugees or visitors to your country and women and children uh stay you know so i'm i'm like anti i'm not anti-ukraine but like i'm like i don't really care what happened to them y'all y'all met y'all mess with the y'all mess with folks we don't mess with y'all you know what i mean yeah, I think the big thing for me, um, well, not just necessarily just checking out the coverage. I know CNN had something on, you know, um, a reporter on scene there during a during a rocket or um, a rocket strike where there was a family um, walking across the street that were, you know, trying to get out of town, out of Dodge or whatever, and a bomb hit right in their area, and next thing you know, you're 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 doing, getting a close-up of, you know, a dead family, you know, on camera. It's really, I think the biggest thing that bothers me about, not necessarily just the coverage, but um, the role technology is playing in that coverage is that um, it's really um, accelerated the process of desensitiz desensitization um, to those things, you know, um, we're quite literally seeing this in a 24 hour news feed and it's like, wow, okay, that's terrible. But what else is going on with my day to day? <laughs> you know, and it's, I think we it, care a lot more if, uh, black people specifically would care a lot more if that didn't happen. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And I think that's the other thing too, as it pertains to, you know, the black folk is that, um, it's really kind of hard to step out of that, um, step out of that envelope, seeing you know things outside of the United States when there are so many things happening here, um, and that's not a and that's not a um, that's not a refrain that's that's out of the ordinary. This is something that's happened um, almost any time we've had a conflict or we've even be remotely involved with a conflict. As a veteran myself. Um, you know, we've studied history with, you know, the Vietnam War, you know, World War II, the Korean War, where um, black interests or African-American interests, 
you know, particularly things that have been going at home, you know, in some instances, in a lot of instances, we're in direct conflict to what the geopolitical, um, to what that geopolitical reality outside the United States was. So it's like, it's, um, you know, it's really interesting seeing how this is playing out. And like I said, technology has been at the forefront of everything, whether, whether it's coverage, whether it's the threat to the greater globe at large, if, you know, our, our friend comrade Putin decides that he wants to Kirk out again and launch a cyber attack against somebody. Um, there are a lot of moving parts that have technology at the forefront uh, to this conflict. Um, that last part in particular, um, you know, the threat of cyber attack, that's something that's, that's a 21st century type of deal. That's something that, you know, even in this century of warfare, this is the very first time where that has legitimately been a part of the landscape of warfare. Um, and, you know, as a norm, as something that you have to really game plan for. So that's something that, you know, really raised the eyebrow to me, you know, and, and, and looking at this coverage and listening to people that are in and around that technology every day. It's like, yeah, well, we got to make sure that our, you know, that our infrastructure and stuff is hardened, you know, our power stations, you know, places that we wouldn't even think about, you know, our financial systems, um, all sorts of things. So, yeah, that's why um, you, you mentioned that because, uh, <laughs> Uh, I could have sworn I saw, was it last week? I don't know. There was some, it was a group of, of as uh, Dominique liked to say, white men that were <laughs> that were arrested because they were trying to launch, uh, they were, or they were planning on, no, no, what, no, they were planning on firing at a substation, like a transformer, like a, a, electric, a electric substation or whatever. And the goal was to like take the power out or something like that and somehow from that start a race war or something like that. I don't know. But the, the very fact that, <laughs> you know, we have to protect our, uh, our, like you said, our infrastructure, because uh, that right there, because one, one of the strategies that, that Russia likes to use is that they'll often like do a, um, and this isn't like classified or anything, but they like to do a, um, like a cyber attack right before they 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 launched an attack and that's exactly what happened right right before they invaded you saw uh, a bunch of ukrainian websites go down uh military websites go down and then right after that that's when you know you heard about the, the actual invasion itself so I, I like like herb said like in 2021 and the 20 in the 21st century like cyber war is going is going to be it's going to be alongside like regular war like regular conventional warfare with weapons and artillery and stuff like that you know and the cultural uh, war on social media oh, yeah yeah and then 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 yeah uh, which actually kind of is a good segue into like the um what was i, what was I going to talk about <laughs> totally forget what i was gonna go after that but um but yeah just the whole battle for information misinformation disinformation <laughs> like what's actually true and since this is the internet and people can say anything they want on the internet it's really important to know that what the information that you're getting is actually factual and true 
Yeah, I mean, we're, it's, we're still dealing with the the whole consequences of that, dealing with our prior presidential election and the last two presidential election cycles. We're dealing with a lot of misinformation, especially coming from Russian operatives. And a lot of us are being led into situations where we think, well, if we go help, we'll have this, we'll have that. And I mean, it, lead, it all kind of ties into these new GPA looking gas prices. I'm, I'm not saying. <laughs> I wish my GPA was that high. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> They're at like summa cum laude gas. I need you at like academic probation. Bruh. That's all I got to say. Bruh. And I know we were talking. I work from think- home. Can't uh, relate. And I mean, the gas prices, you know, again, um, that's a byproduct. And I know we were off. We were talking offline briefly uh, about the effect that it's having on, on the gig economy specifically Uber, Lyft, folks that work in that realm. Um, you know, if there wasn't, you know, if there wasn't a poster child event for the transition to, you know, different types of, of sustainable energy, um, you know, this Ukraine dust up is it, you know. Yeah, but it's still, there's still, it's not giving us enough of an appetite. Like we're all, you know, all of us like, oh, it's terrible. But like, so what if we boycott Russian oil and your gas got to go up a dollar because of it? Ah, sorry, Ukraine. You know what I mean? Like that's that's literally how we feel. Like everybody's comfortable with sacrifice until it hits them. Everybody's comfortable with other people sacrificing. That's pretty much what it seems like. You know, when it comes to like forget Ukraine and forget Russia and forget the U.S. Climate change. It's really the biggest thing. Like the fact that anybody has any conversation in this country, in this world, that doesn't end in hey, man, what are we doing about climate change? The fact that that happens every day, we go every day without thinking about it. And it's literally going to be the death of us. Like, you know, I don't know if y'all saw Don't Look Up, but like that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Man, that's, I think that's if that wasn't change. accurate, yeah, that yeah, was so but, accurate. They're going to be fun. like, yo, Florida's gone, y'all. That's what they're going to say one day. Florida gone. And then we're going, nah, Florida ain't yeah, gone. Yeah, Have yeah. you been? You haven't been? You can go if you, you go if you want to. They're going to tell us that for a good year. Ain't no flights gonna go. Ain't gonna ain't, no, ain't gonna be no flights to get there, and the road gonna be closed off to get there. But we they gonna keep telling us that Florida's there. Well, I think that's the you know that's the main thing that um, that's the main thing that we talk about when it comes to technology. Um, you know, it's becoming harder and harder to have that layer of deniability when it comes to, you know, not acknowledging those things. As you can see with, you know, with our boy Vladimir over there in, you know, in Moscow, he's having problems, he's having problems controlling his narrative. And that has a direct, you know, technology has a lot to do with that. Um, Access to, you know, social media, access to technology or lack thereof. Um, You know, the longer this conflict goes for him, you know, it's going to be harder for him to control the narrative in his own country. Never put it past a powerful white man to just look you right in your face and say, I didn't do what you saw me do. Well, that's kind of, that kind of, well, we're, that's a whole nother podcast, bro. But <laughs> um, I will I think, say with all the, with all the sanctions though, and every, all the, that's what I was going to talk about. I remember now the uh, so like the sanctions and all the, the impact from all the private company, the uh, private American companies that are like removing services. Netflix, I think uh, Microsoft said you can't buy any Xbox games there or something. Like, I think like, there's a whole bunch of companies that are like 
pulling out of Russia or at least cutting off service to Russia. But it's kind of it's it's kind of a a, a bittersweet or a, a you know because like the people there who are living there who have who who aren't involved in this at all they're just regular everyday Russian citizens. But right? we need them to rise up. We need them to be on well, some January 6th stuff. Is we need it, them to be like good patriotic white Americans and stop the steal and get up there and get in Putin's face. He ain't going to kill them all. He can't. Well, the, the, the question is, is this going to incite them to do that or is it going to do the reverse? Is it going is it going to drive them right into Putin's arms? And he's going to be like, you see, you see what those Americans are doing to y'all? See, they don't like y'all. See, it's I wonder American services, my boy. Like that's that's the thing. Like I hear what you're saying, and that's possible. We're radicalizing, but we can't keep moving through life being worried about turning white people into into true white people. We can't be worried about them hitting their uh, perfect form. Well, uh, I, well, I'll just say this, man, and I think this is something that you know, you know, having had you know some of the experiences I've had um, outside the United States, um, you know, I think. A lot of times we're, how can I put this? We're very insulated to some of the things that go on on the other continent, on the other continents rather. Um, like the whole thing, you know, this whole, you know, situation with Ukraine and Russia has been something that's been building for almost a decade. You know, it's, you know, ever since Putin, you know, uh, kind of took over the reins there for their country. He's been angling for um, a way to create more of a buffer zone between him and the West. And, you know, anybody that knows anything about this dude, this dude is former KGB, you know, he's not the nicest guy in the world to begin with. <laughs> I mean, I mean uh, you know, it, I mean, if you, I mean, that dude is, uh, there are a lot of, there are a lot of things about him that, that still scream Cold War. So, um, you know, I think a lot of times when we're, particularly us as African-Americans, when we, you know, look at the immediacy of the things that we have going on in our own backyard, we tend to look at everything else outside of America through that lens. And sometimes, you know, a lot of times it's very, very relevant. And sometimes, you know, you have to kind of take a step back and look at the dynamics in the specific part of, part of the world and say, wow, that's been going on for a minute. You know, Ukrainians don't like, don't like the Chechens. The Chechens don't like the Russians, or rather they work with the Russians. And all it, it of could them be, together don't like us. Yeah, well, well, I mean, again, that's another topic of another, that's a topic Which, for another podcast. <laughs> Which is why I cannot understand why young Madam Griner was in that, in them white folks' airport with anything in her bag at all. I'd have left it all at the house. I mean, that's easy to say in hindsight, but like, God, and I'm sure she's gotten in and out of the country a billion times with whatever she had on her. And and who knows, maybe it was planted on her, who knows? But she, I was, I'm under the understanding that she was told, uh, like all of the Americans, high, high profile Americans that were over there were told weeks prior that something's probably going down soon. And like, you got to get out. Don't wait till the bombs drop to like try to leave. Right. You know, like I get it. She's making a million dollars a year over there. She couldn't get close to that here. I get it. Uh, we should pay our women athletes more. Allegedly, there's an argument to be made for that. Um, but uh, like 
I, it's hard. I mean, she she we're not going to do nothing crazy. Like we, we're not dropping a bomb for Brittany Griner. We just not the Amer- America does not love black women enough to to do anything about Brittany Griner. Probably going to have to do her her five to ten, and that's unfortunate. You know. Yeah, I think. Um, it's hard for me to kind of kind of put that into into perspective. Um, I get it. You know, and the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, it could it could have been anybody. It could have been, you know, anybody besides Brittany Griner, um, because you got a ton of men and women that play that, you know, play overseas. Um, I think it's just a, it, to me, it's just the wrong place, the wrong type of time, wrong time type of deal. Mm-hmm. And because, I mean. You know, besides the athlete, you got two other folk. You got two other American citizens over there now. One, you know, one older white guy that's um, out, his name escapes me, um, but he's under he's there locked up under under suspicion of espionage. You know, which is yeah, he ain't he ain't just looking at five to ten. You know, yeah, what you looking doing at, over there? He, he looking at you know Siberia time, if that. Um, I- I, you know, I, it's so hard for me. I, it's, it's you. You got to do triple time to get have make maybe feel sympathy for a white man. But uh, <laughs> it's I definitely it's like it's like I feel bad. It's not like it, again. I, I don't. Um, I have to put this. I don't disclaimer want out. this for. I know I don't uh, want it for anybody, right? I know I know you about to disclaim this. I, my views don't apply to everybody else. I don't hate white people, y'all. I don't hate white people. I love everybody. I love everybody. Hey, I'm put it put that, it in the little thing that the uh, what's that thing called? The Chevron, whatever I'm, they call the thing. You at the I'm, bottom. I'm, I'm already typing. <laughs> my point is that you can't uh, like when that when that young uh, white man stole that thing over from China. When he stole whatever I can't remember, it was like a banner or something, like being mischievous, and then he got like caned in the back in public and all that, and they detained him. Like, do you want us to go to war, or do we have to go to war every time one of our uh, silly whites, entitled whites, go across the, the uh, go on the other side of the globe and do? And if you're gonna do that, then you need to do it for Brittany Griner. But they're not going to do it for Brittany Griner. They didn't do it for that young man. Like, listen, if, it'd be different if we weren't at war. If we weren't at war, I'd say give Russia what they want to get our citizens back. But when we at war. I'm sorry. The lives of three citizens does not equal what the 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 um, the, 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 the the like the the number of uh, the the like the level of destruction that Russia is able to to cause on the world. If we just let them go unchecked, if you let the send a message that it's okay to just invade another sovereign country because it's Tuesday, then we're in trouble, right? And so we got to do something about it. <laughs> You know, it's uh, I to kind of uh, echo what Herb was saying about like how we kind of see things as Americans through like our American bubble, and like I I would highly encourage if you're able, like if you are able to travel overseas, like do it, like go around the world, like get get that experience from different from different countries. Uh, I remember when I went to um, when I went to Germany, it's like they're so they're they're, they're a lot like us in some ways because they're there's the West, but in, in other ways they're totally different. Like for example, you don't tip in Germany. Like if you, if you like over here we give like a fifteen percent tip. If you give a fifteen percent tip in Germany, 
they're like, what? <laughs> like, what are you doing? They, they might yeah. still take it, but they're, they're, they're going to look at you. Side, they're going to side at you for a little bit because that, that's just that's just not a thing there. Um, and it's just I don't know. I you come away you come away with a different perspective if you're able to kind of see things from a different culture's point of view. Which is not, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Uh, and I feel like people would be a lot more well-rounded, especially Americans, because we're all the way over here on the other side of the Atlantic, right? So it's it's or Pacific. Who can afford to take Who can afford to take a, a week off of work <laughs> in this country? You know what I mean? Over in them other countries, they give them like they force them to take like two <laughs> paid weeks of vacation. Uh, you know, they oh we're here on holiday, like they're just over here, like they knew you guys. Wait, what do you do? Oh, I'm a plumber. Like our plumbers ain't taking no week off. Our plumbers oh. got to work, and I oh, said no. they make good money. No, they make good money. I'm not talking. I'm not taking away from their money. But you got to work. Like I don't they, know, man. I I've seen a couple of. I didn't seen some some folks taking some time. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm I'm a contractor, and if I take time off, that's fine. They don't. They're just not paying me for it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it, it's a, it's a it's a detriment. It's like the the our gov our system of labor is not really designed for our entry tier people to enjoy life. It's designed for them to continue to produce products for the economy. So that's why the McDonald's don't have you ain't got no ain't no pay ain't no PTO. Like you generate an hour of PTO every paycheck pay period or something like that. You got to work there two years get you a, about three days of vacation. It's crazy. So let me pose a question to to the rest of rest of the panel here. How do you think this conflict is going to work out? How do you what do you think the end result of this conflict is going to be? <laughs> I think it depends. Uh, I mean, there, there are several ways this, this could go. But if the worst case scenario is if NATO gets involved, right, if if NATO, if, if Putin does something stupid and he actually asks, he if he attacks uh, a NATO country, then we're in World War Three. That's that's it. That's World War Three, right? Uh, the only other thing I'm hoping that they can that uh, Putin and uh, Zelensky can somehow work through work out something. The, the problem is Putin wants Zelensky to, to become a, a neutral company, a, a neutral co uh, country rather, right? It's like they don't want them to join NATO. They don't want them to join the EU. Even though they already they just applied for the EU, by the way, uh, <laughs> and so like they don't want them to become involved with the West, but Zelensky is like, no, we're a sovereign country, we can do what we want. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, there, it's a lot more to it because, and if you understand the history of the Cold War, the history of all the um, breaking up Soviet, of the, the former Soviet, yeah, right, right. So if you understand all of that history and all that, because there are a lot of Russian speaking. Um, people in Ukraine, like they, Putin was right in that they had, they, they do have a lot of cultural ties, but do they have this Ukraine have the right to do what they want, uh, or should Russia have the ability to enforce its will over its former uh, countries or, or whatever? I don't know. It's Mm, I don't I mean, know. You're saying that like there's like a like a moral dilemma there. I mean, obviously Russia should not be able to enforce it. Well, no, no, I know. I, I'm just saying like I don't. Russia should not be able to do that, right? I, so I'll say that Russia should not be able to assert its will over a sovereign country. But the problem is Russia doesn't think that, <laughs> right? They, they they believe that they own Ukraine. They don't even they don't they even said that I think Putin said that Ukraine isn't even a real country, right? <laughs> he said, but uh, so yeah, like so um, the only other way this could happen is if the uh, the people the Russian people like put more pressure on the Russian government 
to pull back all the troops. That that would be the only other way. And the sanctions, you know, they do their thing. But I don't know how well. I'm not an economist. I'm not a military expert. Whatever. I'm not a politician. So I don't know how effective our sanctions are going to be ultimately. I don't know because you got China down there. Time to have Trump in office. Uh, I mean, I I ain't even old you. Nah, listen. You need somebody in this case. You need somebody that you don't know what he's finna do, and that's Trump to the T. You need somebody to be like, hey man, he might push that button. You need somebody in Putin here, like, hey man, do you really want this? Because I'm gonna put. He won't put because it's gonna be against his. Well, I can't say that. I mean, I know that's his homeboy, but he can't let the people know (laughs) it's his homeboy. And just him being white, he don't love nobody. He don't trust. He would. He would put. He would literally push his kid in front of a bus to save his like to to pick up a dollar. So I'm a literally. I'm a. I'm a literally broadcast this disclaimer again. <laughs> um, I mean, you probably put that at the beginning of every episode. Hey, I'm on. I'm on I'm, I, I, I says what I means and I means what I says. Yeah, I think um, to be quite honest with you, I, I think you know uh, our boy. Uh, he should. He who should not be named um, would not. Um, I wouldn't want his temperament dealing with this. Honestly, um, it, it frankly would scare the hell out of me to have him, you know, cl- that close to the shiny red button every, ever, ever again. Um, I, just, I just, I think we need somebody. You know, Joe Biden ain't gonna do nothing. That's what we know. We know Joe Biden. Well, I, I, far, I'm not defending Donald Trump, by the way. This that has never happened. It will never happen. I'm saying that in this particular case, because of his instability, it would I could because we know like Russia is they're they're playing a game and they're playing a game that they know we have to follow the rules to, right? You, you just say this thing in public and then you do what you want. They said, hey, there's two provinces in Ukraine that really want to be part of us, and all we're doing is just honoring their wishes, their sovereign, you know, parts of their country, and they want the they they're asking us to come help them, and then we're like, no, they're not, but they're like, yeah, they are, and then. Like you can't do nothing about it, and like so then we just watch them do it, right? All we're doing is just sitting there and watching this happen. Who oh, sanctions? He put he put uh like six hundred forty billion dollars in award. He knew this was coming. He knew the sanctions were coming. He believes he can weather the sanctions, and then once he's done taking over Ukraine, which hey they fighting, they 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 putting up a fight, and I believe what he believes is that he can weather the storm, take over, install a puppet government, and then um like Belarus. Yeah, exactly. And then eventually, once the tensions cool down, and he's like, hey, man, come on with these tensions. We're not even in war no more. And once they release, leave, relieve the sanctions, then um, his puppet governor says, hey, you know what? We actually want to be part of Russia. Boop. We're done. I mean, I could definitely see that happening, though. I'm not even going to lie. Yeah. I, that that yeah. scenario, you don't think so? Yeah, I could see it happening. I just think that if you know the orange guy was in the you know was in this position right now, I, I think you know he probably would have been doing what he's doing now, which is like, well, this is all Ukraine's fault. This is a there's a reason why this, you know Putin is doing what he's doing. You know, and you really you've literally got people in you know people on that side of the aisle, some people agreeing with. Or taking, you know, the stance that Russia is somehow in the right for invading Ooh. the other side. Yeah. Have you heard? Have uh, you heard? Your, heard your boy? Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham. 
people at the not it wasn't at CPAC. It was another conservative event. I forgot the name of it. But they were chatting poo in poo in. Oh, <laughs> hey man, these GOP is different, man. This GOP cut different. Can you imagine? Can you imagine going back to the to the late sixties, early seventies, and showing 80s. them sh- showing them like, hey man, it's a video. Don't worry about how I got the video so small. Don't worry about what what this is. This is a computer. We'll talk about it later. But look at your people. They are chanting. Not even that, Russia. man. Not even that. 2012. Go just go back to 2012. Yeah. Like the yeah. GOP in 2012 is solely like Mitt Romney, what he ran on is totally different than what Trump and what Trump ran on. So like it's totally different from what the GOP is now. Which I which well, is, I'm talking about in the height of yeah. the, like the call the Cold War. Stuff. Oh well, like, yeah. Imagine, yeah. Imagine going back to those Republicans and showing them like go to these true patriots, the the ones who just it's America. Go to these America. Like I just can't even wrap my mind around how you're pro Russia and pro America. It's so different. But what it what it's really telling you, what it's really showing you, is that they don't actually believe in democracy. That's not their jam. Power is their jam. And they've seen that there's a better way to to have and maintain power, especially in a in a diversifying country. You know, they're realizing, uh oh, power slipping. Maybe we need to stop this quote unquote freedom stuff. It wasn't real freedom anyway. It's just the uh, the uh, the illusion of freedom. But if we don't take this illusion on off, we don't start this autocracy oligarchy. If we don't begin that process now, we're gonna be out of power or not in strong enough numbers to maintain this system. We need we need the Negros to work for us, we can't have them up here with us. Barack Obama was the signal that things had changed, and now we've seen a huge swing back on the other way. Like, we need them to, you know? Yeah. I I mean, I think, um, I just think this whole situation, you know, with Ukraine is, um, it's an eye-opener for a lot of People that didn't think that this dude was on the up and up. Um, it's also an eye opener for you know folks that you know are taking the role of technology in things like this lightly. Um, I think I said the last episode. If you're a cyber cybersecurity professional or a cloud professional or you know any sort of specialist within that realm of the industry, you're going to be in high demand really, really quick all over the place. It's and it's it's not a joke. If you go out and and get yourself a cybersecurity degree or a cybersecurity cert. I have mine in February. Yep. You are going to be platinum. And it is something that, you know, as African-Americans in the space, you know, that love technology, I would be more, I would be remiss to not mention and to not encourage people to explore those avenues because the demand is going to be there for it and not necessarily because World War III is going to be upon us. <laughs> it's going to be, you know, because the that's the nature of where employment is going. Um, it's going to be, um, it's going to be a very interesting two to five year period, you know, to see how much this expands and how, you know, much of how many of us get into the industry, get our foot in the door. Um, on that note, I would like to go ahead and we're, we've gotten our word that, um, you know, we're going to get kicked off the airwaves in a minute. 
<laughs> so um, we're going to go ahead and start closing the show. Thank you guys for our initial live stream broadcast on the HBCU Digital Network. Um, look forward to seeing us uh, the first two Saturdays of every month. Uh, you'll be seeing the Black Techies podcast stream on HBCU Digital. Uh, for Dave Matthews, Leslie Moore, Dominique Bass, and the rest of the TBT crew that is not on scene, but, you know, we love you all too. Uh, thank you for tuning in and catch our podcast. Oh, go ahead. Go oh. ahead. I was going to say. No, I was going to say, go <laughs> ahead. Plug everything. Catch our <laughs> podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and pretty much every place else that podcasts are, can be downloaded and bought. And we can... Yeah, leave a review, please. Please leave a review. Please, please leave a review. review. Yes. Um, and you can also check out some of our written content at the Black Techies website, which is www.theblacktechies.com. And if you're on Facebook, join our collective, the Black Techies Collective on Facebook. Can I say Again, something real quick? Real quick. So, just I promise you, real quick. So, uh, as you see here, we have the regular podcast with uh, on the first two two Saturdays, I'm going to bring back my own like mini podcast. I called it Just Processing. I think I'm going to re go back to my original name, Short Black and Techie. Be on the lookout for that. So it's coming back. All right, keep going. Yep, and that's pretty much it. Um, just keep in mind, follow. You know, you can follow some of us. Um, you know, hit up our uh, hit up our Twitter page. Twitter page, of, you know, obviously Black Techies. Uh, we're also on Twitch. I know some folks, I'm looking at some of the stats and some of the folks are following us on Twitch today, which is great. Um, we can be reached on all of those platforms in addition to the HBC Digital Network. For Dave, Leslie, and Dominique, and for myself, Hail Wakanda. Hail Wakanda. Wakanda forever.